0: My top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you're
1: at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it.
0: Wherever you're listening, don't so worry about changeups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million dollar contract, show up. A stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything. From food to media, so welcome to the show. Please take your seat, Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who me? I'm Don Will. You're open to act. Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lambert, recording this episode for Sunday, May 7th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go to wherever you listen to shows. Give this show a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival, subscribe three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. I want to welcome a brand new subscriber, Kimberly E. Thank you for subscribing and join. I hope you enjoy everything behind that paywall. Um, This is episode 646. I'm not alone. I have three wonderful guests uh, that you know and love Tim Hall aka the people's critic the super dope uh, people's critic out there in the left coast and I have Rod and Karen Morrow from the Black Guy Who Tips podcast I'm so happy to have you all together whenever we get to do these I I, uh, I'm not alone uh, spotting things into the abyss welcome you all thanks for, for thanks for doing this
0: Thanks for having us. Yeah, good, good to be yes, here.
2: Thank you. It's always fun. And I've gathered you all here because I want I want your thoughts on the on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, a Coon's Tale. And <laughs> um I wanted to uh just have a round table, discuss it, and uh see see what we get out of it. These are always fun for me to do to get you all's insight. Uh but before we get into it, I just want to uh start. Let's start with Karen. I want you all to talk about some something you've been watching, what have you been watching that you like, whether it's a movie or TV show. Recommend something to the folks.
3: I uh, am a big fan of anime, and I've watched this anime called By the Grace of Gods, and it's a really, really cute anime. Um, it's nothing heavy. Nothing dark, actually, nothing's at stakes, actually. <laughs> you know it's about this it's about this dude that dies and he's reincarnated as a child in another universe. and when he's reincarnated, he's a child, but he has the memory of or of him being an adult and he also has like the strength and all the attributes of an adult but in the child's body. So he just progresses. He's a good businessman. Everybody loves him and things like that. And it's and it's so fun and so cute and so adorable. It's something you can watch and literally check out. Like nobody's dying, you know, nobody's getting stabbed. There's not really any enemies. If it is, it's something like they can fix really quick, you know. Uh, and I, I know that some people they like things like that, like me. I like cute and colorful things, like everything doesn't have to be all serious all the time because even animation can be serious if somebody's a huge anime fan and i love those animes too but i really like this particular anime because it's cute and it's adorable and roger actually started watching and he was like you need to watch this and i've seen a few episodes like oh so i went back and i started from the beginning it has two episodes i zoomed two seasons i mean two two episodes two seasons i zoomed through it and i uh, beat him and i'm like okay let's go what's season three <laughs>
2: nice. where is it where can you find it
3: what Was it on
0: um, i believe you can find this on um, funimation uh and possibly crunchyroll okay
3: crunchyroll. yep That's got another
2: I- one karen or do you want to want to keep moving on do would you? you got another one you can you recommend
3: oh um uh uh moon girl i haven't finished watching it but moon girl is very very good it's cute. disney plus Yes, Disney Plus.
2: That is really year. good. I didn't finish it either. I think I'm on episode 4. It's so fun.
3: Yes, it's cute and it's adorable and it's it's also one of those things you can uh, uh, just enjoy. Like it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's designed for children. And also, as somebody who consumes almost all things Disney, because I know they all are going to be integrated. And you don't never know what's going to become live action. You know, and what's not, or what they're going to integrate into other things. So you know, it's a slow process. But I'm trying to go back and consume some of some of the things that I kind of got behind on. And that's one of them. And Moon Girl is very cute. It's very adorable. And uh, like most people uh uh if you uh disney mendo mendo was great the last season of mendo was great yeah. uh i i enjoyed uh that a lot and i'm actually ready for whatever the next season is or wherever they're going to take me with that and the way it ended i'll just say like if they decide to end this series and just have them float around and pop up in other people's things like I'm, I'm i'm fine with that like i i am content but knowing knowing how things go with television i'm assuming that we will get another one um and the last one and i haven't completely caught up is bad batch it's also on uh disney plus uh i've really been enjoying enjoying that i've been watching a new season um i'm not i'm behind roger i think roger has watched them all i'm behind but i really enjoy uh bad batch and same thing you know a lot of these disney things are connected and so some of the things they refer to in other shows actually refer back to uh some of the things in uh bad batch so, uh, but those, those are some of the things that I have been watching.
2: That's what's up. I really love that moon girl. Cause that, that's the first thing I'm sure you and Rod probably experienced it more than I have, but I feel like that's the first thing that really reminded me of my childhood. Like, like, like just a fucking Saturday morning. And that, that, that show, it has that vibe and it's such a, it's such a good show. I got to finish that. It is really good. That that's one of those things that just like transports me back to my childhood with All good memories Saturday morning. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for thanks for actually
0: kind of short. I want to say it's only six to eight episodes. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a childish gambino fan, they have a boss fight to a childish gambino song. And I was like, okay,
2: (laughs) that's right. In the skate, was it sweatpants?
0: Yeah, it was sweatpants. Yeah.
2: Wow, that's a good memory. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, what about you, Tim? Um, let's see. I've been watching The Power
1: on Amazon. It's uh, Tony Collette. um, I'm forgetting else is in that show. But it's about these, they find out that young women get this electricity kind of power, some gland that they have, and it sort of activates. And so, but what we're watching, it's funny because as I was watching the last episode, I was like, man, I don't know if they could have made this show like five years ago. Because they really discuss like the treatment of women. And so you get these women, some of them are taking this power and doing good with it. Some are trying to help. This one young black woman thinks she's hearing from God. So she feels like she's sort of, it's all written in stone for her. And she's predestined to do this thing to help women across the world. you got men forming like this sort of anarchy side, sort of crazy QAnon style group um, because they're threatened by the women who all of a sudden have this power that nobody else has. That's it's a fun show. And it's, I really enjoy it. It's um, yeah. John was in it. Uh, yeah. It, it's great. I, I really enjoy it. It's, it's it could be a little serious. Um, it is so Tony Collette's yeah. like the Mary of Seattle, which is really funny to see Seattle depicted on television. <laughs> but uh, it's great. And I've also been watching from it's on Epics, it's got Harold Perrineau in it. Oh, yeah. I think it's got like the there. horror vibes. I'm a big horror fan. So these people, and it's like a nightmare, to be honest with you. Like everyone sees the same thing. There's like a tree in a row, and then there's these birds, and they get stuck in this small town every night. These creatures come out. I don't know what the fuck they are. I don't know if they're vampires. I don't know what they are, but they'd be fucking people up. So they have these talismans you can put on your door, and then they can't get in. And so, but when new people show up to the town, they're trying to tell them, hey, I know you don't want to get back in your car and drive. You just go driving circles and they're right back here. You need to stay inside. Trust me. And people freak out. And then when they see what happens, they're like, oh, shit. (laughs) How do we get out of here? So now we're working on the whole group of them trying to figure out how to get out of this town. And what's actually happening? They don't even know where they're at. Because everyone in the town was traveling someplace else in the U.S. when it ended up there.
3: Oh, and they just never left.
1: Nope, can't leave. You're stuck. Mm. And that's and the everyone, Roku channel. That was on Epics, I think. Oh, it's on Epics. Yeah, oh. it's it's if you like core and like a cool sort of, it's got like a lost kind of feel to it. Because you you're not sure what's happening, but it's it's fun, man. Hair perno of course, he he kills it. He's yeah. great, man. He be yelling in people's faces. I love it. He's awesome. Yeah, he's great.
0: What
2: about you, Rod? Uh,
0: I just finished The Night Agent on Oh Netflix. yeah. Uh it was cool. Kind of like some 24 impossible white manish vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh uh so I enjoyed that. Uh, I watched Beef on Netflix. I thought that was great. Ooh, Whoa, man. you watched
2: it, Rod? Whoa, what about that guy that got in trouble?
0: David Cho, yeah, I support um, him. He's a, a good friend now that I watch the show. And any decision, anything he's ever said or done in life, I'm 100% behind it, no matter what, even though he's only the like ninth-billed lead on the show. So uh, I think those are the rules of watching TV. So Yeah. I think, uh, I'm going to co-sign for a loan on a house for him and uh <laughs> if he gets in jail, trouble in the, in jail I'll bail him out. Um but yeah, I love Beef. It was it was amazing. One of the best shows I've seen this year. Um I
2: would agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh
0: Mandalorian season 3, watched that, loved it. Um and and then uh South Park. I've been binging a bunch of TV that I missed when I was on the uh in New York and now catching up on it and South Park is one of those ones that I uh just think is really dope um and they have some really funny episodes uh I don't know what their schedule is anymore it feels like they drop like six episodes and then go away for a year but okay yeah like I have no idea when a new season's starting when it's coming back any of that stuff but I really enjoyed uh, the ones that I watched uh so far this year so uh that that's it for me
2: Cool. Those are some good recommendations. I did like uh, the Night Age and I thought it was fun. I didn't obviously like what happened to a certain person of color <laughs> towards the end.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. I I was angry, uh, but yeah. overall,
0: uh, you know. And it was an interesting part that that person got because it was like um, a role that felt like, oh, they probably wrote it for a white dude. Mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And they just had him in there. And he just did a great job with the role. And yeah. yeah. I appreciated him. But at the same time, you know, I noticed it was getting to be too many brown people on the screen at one point. Yeah. I was like, oh
2: yes. Now called the black agent. Relax.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. Soon as soon as start, I had a I had a bit about the what was it? The doll. What's that? It wasn't free willy. It was a dolphin with nut no, a dolphin tail. Yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah. yeah was Morgan had, Freeman in that? Huh? Morgan Freeman was that. He, he, in was that? that. Yeah, he was in that. Yeah. There, there was one where uh the the dolphin was helping. God, they they Morgan Freeman gave the dolphin a tail, but didn't give the uh, black girl a it was a black uh girl in a wheelchair, she was missing a leg. And the black girl said that dolphin's just like me. And Morgan Freeman couldn't fix her leg, but he fixed the dolphin. And I said, "Well," and Andy Klein gave me the tag, and he was like, "It's like not called. It wasn't called Black Girl Leg, but <laughs> still, still could have helped the girl out." Um, that that you can find. Uh, I think I did that on Gotham Comedy Live. Anyway, enough about my career. I will recommend um, Schmigadoon season two, mm-hmm. which is the um, oh god, the. Uh, Keegan Michael Key, Cecily Strong show on Apple TV Plus. Last year, the last season they did was uh, kind of based on Brigadoon. This one was called like Chicago, where they the the show's loosely based on Chicago the musical. And I really love Titus Burgess and from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt uh, Mm -hmm. playing like they play plays based on like Hair and Pippin um really fun i'm not a super musical theater guy but i always enjoy it whenever it's in front of me and the, the i was impressed by the singing it was fantastic uh the dancing and all that i really dug that and it was funny and uh i just i started last week um the diplomat with my girl carrie oh. russell Yeah. um i mean i've been enjoying that so far she plays a a diplomat uh over over in london and she's might have the uh might be poised to take the vice presidency and she's dealing with her shitty husband and she's got to keep up uh keep up uh what do you call it uh, appearances appearances in order to go along and uh, advance her career um for a cishet white man uh to approve of her so i really I'm digging that and that's that's all that I've I've been into. Um uh, let's get into this. Let's get into the reason for the season. Why 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 we why we are here. This is uh, Guardians in the Galaxy Volume 3 directed by James Gunn. I read everyone the letterboxed blurb once more with feeling. Peter Quill still reeling from the loss of Gamora must rally his team around him to defend the universe along with protecting one of their own. A mission that, if not completed successfully, could quite possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. Rod, I want to start with you. Because of your uh recent hit this year, your Coon calendar ah. uh, on TikTok, where does where does Rocket, the raccoon, where does his story rate for you as a coon? Is he really a coon? What, what's going on with that, do you think?
0: Um, I mean, he does kind of have a lot of self-hate and denial because he says he's not a raccoon, but he is.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but uh, I would say that he doesn't even make the coon calendar list. Right. He's, a, he's a good one. I, I, I fuck with him. He's one
2: of the good ones. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What were your What were your overall thoughts? I want to go continue with your overall thoughts, and we'll just go around.
0: Oh man, I, I love this movie. This is like a return to like the dramatic uh, kind of like gravitas that Marvel can have at times. It gave mm-hmm. me the feels of like Endgame a little bit, um, and it really pushes the characters to the brink. A lot of characters have arced out in this series. And it's James Gunn's farewell to the franchise, to the Marvel Universe, it seems. And I think he went out on an emotional uh, note. And a lot of the actors are probably done playing these characters. So it felt like you got to say goodbye to a lot of the characters on the screen. I'm sure some of them will be back in different stuff, but some of the main people. Um, and I think it's the ultimate testament to... James Gunn's vision, Marvel's empowerment of their directors, good and bad, like, even the ones you don't like, a lot of these movies are just starting to feel separate from each other. They feel like these, like, they feel like the directors to me. Mm. And um, he uh, he, also made me excited for what he's going to do with the DC universe because he's in charge over there, and if he can make this ragtag band of misfits that we all started I'm sure we all had the same thought when they even greenlit the first movie greenlit the first movie which was what you know yeah, yeah. like the fact that he made this work and we have now it's become just second nature to enjoy these uh, you know talking raccoons and uh, shirtless space aliens and stuff it's just become second nature to see the humanity in these trippy characters i i really uh was impressed with this
2: yeah how about you tim
1: uh i mean i'll echo everything that rod said like for me the guardians movies have always been special because it's really about the chosen family like these people are all sort of outcast from their families for different reasons and they've chosen to be together to form this group now we see it in the form of the superhero adventures they're on right but in this movie what we see through rocket story is like they really care about each other and even when when um, Gamora, the new Gamora, sort of introduced to them, she feels like an outlier because they have all of this bonding and all of this care for each other. And even though they try to make her remember, like, "Hey, man, you were part of this group." Like, she doesn't have that connection. Um, it is the first movie since Endgame that made me feel like real, genuine emotion. Mm. And I felt like after Endgame, they were trying to find their footing. It was just difficult to do with all these movies, and you've got this calendar that you got to keep up with. Uh, this was the first one that felt like, uh, like Rod said, like a return to form. Like, all right, we're going to do the writing. And shout out to all the writers that are on strike right now. Yeah. Through the writing, they told this beautiful story about Rocket and about these group of people. And it gave them a, a great send off. And, and it was like this love letter. It was like a a, a note to everyone who's ever watched the guardians and loved them. And like Ross said, it gave me so much hope. Like if, if, if James Gunn is working on a Superman movie, and he can put like 75% of the emotion that he put in this movie in that we're in for a good run of DC film. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm thankful for James Gunn and, and the work that he did. It, it made me, it reminded me why comic movies can be so fun and so enjoyable
2: and so entertaining. And Karen to you, what do you think?
3: I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed this movie a lot. I like the fact that in this movie, they answer questions that people have had since the first one about Rocket. Just, you know, people had questions about Rocket and he not wanted to talk about his history and he not wanted to share things. And I can't speak for nobody else, but for me, it made me understand his pain more when his whole team disappeared because a lot of people were hurt, but he was like one of the ones that was like almost extremely distraught. And I was like, yeah, we're hurt to lose your whole team. You know, you know, like that's how my mind went, but this movie explained why his sorrow was such a deep sorrow and how him and Thor had that connection with losing everything. Like, like, like to me, it actually, Building a piece of the puzzle on the MCU. And when you go back and you watch, you're like, okay, all this made sense. Somebody actually had a visual direction that they wanted this to go and they ended it this way so that you can go through the through lines and connect it so that the movie actually means more to people than just, oh, it's another Guardians of the Galaxy. Like this movie actually stands out on its own it actually means something and for me, something that me and um uh, Roger talked about, uh I am a huge Marvel fan. And for me, this movie was like two hours of some change. But because of the way it was done and because of how beautiful it was and how much action and everything was in it, it literally felt like an hour and a half movie. Like, 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 like it literally felt so, and 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 that's what i love about james gunn and just the way he writes and directs and all that type of stuff he could fill in the screen with so much things is tantalizing to the eyes and to the ears and to, to all your senses that you don't realize that two and a half three hours have passed and you're still just as engulfed in these characters because as somebody who, who did not read the comics Did not know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy. I was introduced to them for the first time in that first one. So to me, I enjoyed to go along on the adventure as just a movie versus all the background information. I started learning that stuff after, you know, after the fact. But just me just knowing, okay, these are characters that I'm following and this is how their quote unquote story ends. And I love the way that it ended. And I also love the way that regardless of what happens, you could go anywhere you want to with them now. It almost it almost like opens it up even more to the adventures that they can have individually or as a group.
2: Yeah. I echo everything. I agree with all of you, uh, but I think Karen, you hit the nail on the head for me. I think that that rocket origin story was something that really brought it home. And it was the emotional core of the whole, it became the emotion, it was the emotional core of this film and it, essentially became the emotional core of all three where you actually, what you explained just, just like the reasons why he was the way that he was, why he was so guarded. And I, I mean, I kind of found myself in him in a lot of ways, uh, not being a coon, but just the aspect of, uh, the aspect of like friendship, caring about people and, uh, uh, not trying to in yourself off in a lot of ways. um, I thought it was expertly done and and again Karen cuz it's just like I didn't know I didn't know shit about these people. What was it 2013 2014? I didn't know anything about this. Uh, these characters and I was just like okay, I but it, it's like one of those come I guess a it's a coming of age uh, series about all these characters and I really enjoyed it. Uh James Gunn and it just and and you all naturally um answered the question about how this made me feel also feel good about DC and what was going on there. I'm not, I'm not a super critic on them. I know they're just not, they just haven't been as good, but even with the peacemaker, again, not knowing anything about that character and the ragtag group of folks that he has in that series just really made me lock in. And I was like the peacemaker, this guy with this weird ass helmet, really, you're going to, you're going to make me like these people. And he did, you know. Um, so, what? Let's let's just talk about like some of the other things. I also also thought. I mean, I don't know if you all agree. Um, I thought it was funny. It was mm-hmm. funny in a way that wasn't trying too hard. I mean, I think Thor. I we talked about it the last time with with Thor, the Love and Thunder, where I we liked it, but it was just kind of like <laughs> it didn't seem. It seemed like like our friend J.L. Covan, when you say, oh, people laugh because they want to feel something in these Marvel movies, but I actually found, I think there were less than 10 people in the theater when I saw it, like a 5 o'clock screening, and I i was the only one laughing. <laughs> I was, like, really enjoying the film. I, I thought, like, I thought Dave Bautista is, uh, he was terrific in this. He was so funny. Uh, what's What's the woman with the what is uh, what's her name that played Mantis? Tom, mm-hmm. Tom, um, I'm messing her name. I don't want to mess her name up, but she was really good. I'm trying to, I'm I'm trying to get used to this model.
0: Everybody, everybody was good. Honestly, oh, yeah, um, everybody. Jay Batista as Drax was amazing. Um, and I think the range that everybody got to play their characters with is what made it fun. Yeah. you know because um, you had your running gags like you know uh craglin and the good dog joke that pays off in the last act um but you know uh even will poulter who was set up as like oh adam warlock this very serious threat to mm-hmm. and he's he's mostly comic relief yeah you know so like just everywhere they can kind of like squeeze in some jokes they squeeze them in and i think that's what makes it so fun and i don't think we've mentioned it yet but not uh, not necessarily funny but um the high evolutionary as a villain was just one of the best portrayals of a marvel villain they've had in a, in a long time
2: yes was it Chukwudi iwuji mm-hmm. he was eating scenery uh something serious
0: he was really good
2: he that was uh yeah he was fantastic it i don't know he's Black dudes when they put them in purple, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, put them in purple, and they talk with a little elevated flair. It's really yeah. good. Uh, uh Palm Clemente f- was the was uh, Mantis. Yeah, I thought this was. I just really, I don't know how. How have you guys felt about what? What is this in the phase of the whole Marvel universe? Is this is this Phase Five? What is this? Do you all know? I think Black Panther ended one phase. Okay, so that end was that ended did that end phase 4 or something like that? Um I, don't, I think it's I I, I, I want to say it's phase 5, I, but I'm I not sure. I want to say it's
3: 5 too. Okay, yeah. okay. I
2: want
0: to say it's 5. This
2: was one cuz
3: uh, I liked I Oh saw, yeah, it's, it's
0: phase 5. It's the second movie in phase 5.
2: Okay. And what was it? What was the first? Uh Ant-Man?
0: Man in the wild spontaneous. Yeah,
2: Ant Man was um, I think if I did drugs and watched it, I think I'd have more fun. But I, I thought <laughs> I thought Jonathan Majors was terrific. He was the, the highlight of it for me. Right. Um, and he gave he brought, you know, emotional heft and immediacy to everything that was going on. So I really enjoyed it I think it
0: that's, that. This film kind of points out one of the things about Ant-Man that was kind of interesting was that it was so much green screen and cdi yeah. because you know they went to a fully like made up realm uh yeah. with, you know but with this and maybe it's just james Gunn has had so much time to build these characters and these sets and stuff it feels very lived in and yeah. even in the like final battle we're like nowhere the head of a celestial is combined is colliding with this the ship uh-huh. is the high evolutionaries, uh, you know, base. Like it feels like two physical things are hitting each other and yeah. coming together, and these people are actually running across it and fighting inside of it in a way that I think uh Ant-Man kind of lacked at times, you know. And yeah. I I think uh I don't know, man. Like, I, I know people have been kind of dumping on the CGI for Marvel, but I think this kind of shows they still got it. Yeah. You, you just need the right director, you just need to take a certain amount of time, but I thought they kind of nailed that part.
2: Yeah, they did. I mean, and th- I saw where somebody was, I'm not gonna talk about, I'm not gonna talk about another content, mm-hmm. another content creator, a black one, there's this is one guy, I just saw it on Twitter, where mm-hmm. this one guy was uh, talking about how, oh, this is what, he liked the movie. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how it's not woke. It's not woke. And I see what happens <laughs> when you do a movie that's not woke? And it was a black guy. Mm. And uh, I was like, and then somebody, re- you know, like, um, quote tweeted him and says, actually, this is, you know, about like, you know, animal cruelty and things like that. And it's one of the most like woke mm. fucking movies or whatever. And it, it, it and, and then religious, also, religious uh, elements of it, too, like this being a, a Noah's Ark of sorts. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I think people just pick and choose. And then that that's a that's like a dog whistle to to just get more viewers. And
0: yeah. sound like you just went into it with a with an agenda already. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you wanted to come out of the theater and say something like find an angle up like because that's not really a movie review. That's right. Like, oh, it's not. That's, not a, that's, that's not a thing. That's not really a thing to like or dislike about a movie. It's yeah. not. It's. Was it good? I don't. Right. I've never had this thought in a movie of, oh, how woke is it? I've, it's always been like, am I enjoying this? or Am, am I, I having a good time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to get back on Twitter and fight about this. <laughs> Talk about how
2: woke it is. Like, oh, my God. And that same person did not play The Last of Us Part Two. Wow. Uh, because, wow. Of, because of the leaks.
0: Oh, so not at oh. all.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it's like, dude, what are you? Are you a real critic or what? But anyway, um, no, I, I really did. I think it was a, it was a spectacle that had emotional weight to it. Um, Whether it, what other, what other aspects did you? There, was there anything that didn't work for you? I know, I, I what I've read, a, a lot of people didn't like Adam Warlock. I guess they said they didn't. He didn't. He didn't have enough to do. Is that something in, in the comic books? Was he supposed to have more to do? Was it, how did you all feel about that?
0: I think at this fucking point, we are down to, like, like, if you do, like, A level, B level, C, we're down to, like, level M, R somewhere. Like, Adam Warlock ain't nobody, man, for me to be mad about his portrayal. Like, people, I think it's just a thing where, I don't know. I guess everybody can't love everything, and that's fine. But I feel like the Marvel shit is like nitpick. It's like people that are trying to find a way to to take away like LeBron James' greatness at thirty eight. Like yeah, like he has no business being this good at thirty eight, and it just feels weird to be like yeah. But the other day he only had twenty seven points. It's like I don't even know what to tell you, dog. They killed (laughs) it right now. Is 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 no one else is ever going to make this many movies in a franchise that'll still even be comprehensible at this point. I, um, And I definitely did not... I was never thinking to myself, like, goddamn, Adam Warlock, man. They did, they finally did it, you know? <laughs> like, even the High Evolutionary is like a C-list, D-list? Yeah. We are down to the scraps, guys. It's going to get silly from this point on, so... I just don't have a lot of negativity because I walked in and just was like, I hope it's a good movie and the main characters all got cool arcs. Adam was funny. I think mm-hmm. another thing people don't understand when you have this many characters in a movie, there's just not time for right. everybody to get the full yeah. 3D treatment. So, like, if what people don't notice, and this is the craft of James Gunn, the reason this film's about Rocket is because he already did all the other characters' arcs. Mm. So like 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 I was going through my head of like cause this is heavy on Rocket. And I was like, well shit, we saw Peter and his father and you know his issues with his mom. We've seen Gamora throughout the Marvel universe with Thanos and her sister Nebula. We've seen that 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 relationship kind of arc out to the point where they were just grunting at each other this whole film because they've kind of said and done everything and, and we know what they've been through, so they probably would only grunt. Um we've seen um we've seen Drax and with his family and like his whole thing was killing Thanos in the first one. And he kind of grieved and lost and came back and all that stuff. Uh, shit. Gra- Drax and madness was all over that Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah. the only story left to tell was, was raccoon was rockets and rocket has been, they've been hinting at that story for three movies now, plus whatever extras. So it was just kind of like his time. So I've, Feel like that was like a really clever thing to do, yeah. and to make it not because it is his story from the comic books, but to make it so like to make it work for a mm-hmm. character as silly as a talking raccoon with guns. Yeah, it's <laughs> some insane shit. Is you told me this would have happened fifteen years ago. I said, man, that's fucking stupid. I won't be crying at no CGI raccoon. <laughs> did, it get you, like, did it get you, Rod? Oh, yeah, man. dog. No, I mean, it was great in that it got me. And, you know, I was willing to be God. You got to walk in right. the thing, willing to be God. And I, I was, and I thought they did a great job.
3: Yeah. And,
0: yeah.
3: and I think uh, for me, I don't know if it's the age, generation, or just me. Whenever I consume something, I always consume it with a blank slate. And we live in a generation now where people go into shit with their arms folded They go into shit with agendas. They go into shit kind of with whatever they have pre-prepared up. And so regardless of if it makes sense or not, they're going to make it make sense when it comes to putting the shit out there. They're going to make connections that aren't really connections. And I don't consume things like that. So for me, growing up and watching a lot of the bullshit that we had to watch as kids (laughs) – watching a lot of the bullshit that we had to watch where you had to turn Batman and Spider-Man and shit on their side. So you can see them going up the side of a building because we didn't have the technology for the fucking CDI. I remember that. I remember the bullshit y'all. I understand that we are of a generation who don't understand and didn't have to live through that. I remember paying money and me and Roger going to watch these terrible ass movies going out and going, well, I guess it's good because it was all we had. So for me, when it comes to particularly Marvel, and I have hope for DC and the others, but particularly Marvel, I'm like, people underestimate the greatness of what they did. They took the people that the C and D level characters and made them fucking household names. People that read comic books, when you think of this stuff, you know what you think of? You normally think about Fantastic fucking Four, which we haven't even seen yet uh, with, with the new version of them. And so people are like Captain America, Thor. You know, I remember when this stuff first came out because, like I said, I didn't read a lot of this stuff when it first came out. So for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for whatever we want to do. And now, when you think of Captain America, if you talk to somebody like me who basically consumed this thing, put it like this: Marvel created a live action comic book. People don't under don't realize this. Marvel introduce people to comic books who otherwise would not consume that shit. They claim they're not comic book fans. They claim comic books is corny. They claim this shit just for nerds. But you have a generation of people who will never read the comic books, but they actually know and they understand and they comprehend all of the Marvel movies. They watch every single one of them, like me. They're consuming all of it. So this is their nerdum. Like 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 this is the thing that they uh, consume. And so for me. I'm like, "Hey dog, like nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to make mistakes." And like Roger said when you when you rate these movies, a Marvel 7 now is an F. That's fucking ridiculous.
2: <laughs>
3: That's stupid. Wow, yeah. A 7 is a fuck like that don't make sense. An 80 is 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 a you throw it in the trash start all over again. That that shows you that they are so good and the standards are set so high for them that you don't put on other franchises. And, and I get a little frustrated with that because it's like, okay, these same expectations, you don't put these expectations on other things. That's why I'm really excited about what James Gunn is going uh to do. Uh, with the DC like if they allow him and give him time I think he's going to do something marvelous over there because I want everything to be great like Amen. I wouldn't give my but I just I'm the type of nerd I'm like if if you come out with some shit and it's good you got my money
2: exactly like like
3: yeah. you know what I'm like like I give my money to everybody I like I, I I'm not no stand for either one no just aside like if it's good I'm going to consume it and so for me, it's very frustrating when I see a lot of the critiques, like you were saying, because it does not, it logically does not make sense as somebody who had to grow up in the generation where we dreamed of this shit. I, if you will, I'm like Roger, if you have told me 10 years ago, uh, a CGI raccoon and a talking tree that all he says is I am Groot was going to make me motherfucking cry and feel. And he say, I am Groot. Should I even understand what the nigga saying now? So you know what I'm saying? So it's one of the things where it's like, OK, all right, you're just going to complain. And so for me, I like to consume stuff from a happy point, place and from a happy point. So for me, I'm like, it was good and I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see what they do next.
2: Yeah. How about you, Tim? What do you what do you think? First of all, I, I agree with Karen
1: and, and Rod 100 um, percent. It's funny because shout out to Vin Diesel, because every time I see him at the at the premiere, I'm like, what is he doing there? I'm like, oh, he's grouped. Like, I have a second of like, why is Ben Diesel up there with Bradley Cooper? Oh, uh, that's right. That oh is. yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's Groot. Um, yeah, man, I remember. I don't. I don't have those kind of critiques for these type of films. I want everything to be good, like Karen said. I remember Marvel scrapping money together to try to make Iron Man. I remember them casting Robert Downey Jr. in a time where, if the news came out that he overdosed, nobody would have been surprised, right? They gambled on all of this. I remember getting chills when I saw Samuel Jackson show up in the post credit. I remember fanning out with the homie Eddie and my homeboy Marcus and five strange white boys who I do not, know, do not know after we saw Thanos in the post-credit for Avengers. Like, I remember how all this stuff sort of came together. So I'm a fan of it. I don't care if Adam Warlock isn't the Adam Warlock you want to see. People had the same complaint about um, about uh, Iron Man 3 and the depiction of all these characters and come to find out they bring it all back around in Shang-Chi and sort of right the wrong. So I, I have faith that if you want to see the Adam Warlock that you hope to want to see, maybe you'll get that version at some point later on down the line. I'm not locked into what I just saw, um, but they're good films, man. They're 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 fun. I try to stay away from a lot of the online discourse because a lot of it can just be toxic, for lack of a better word. If you want to enjoy something and love it, love it and enjoy it. I, I do not care. I, I think I told you this, Chris. The one thing I love so much about going to comic cons. Is seeing people in love of something that have no idea what it is. I don't care if you're a furry. I don't care if you're really into Sailor Moon or you're really into some comic. But you see these people all dressed up and they're really excited to meet someone you've never seen before. And it's dope. Like, there's something about the the pure joy people get in seeing something that they love depicted on screen. And there are some people who will go to see this with an agenda and hoping it's not woke or whatever. Or trying to get into these DC Marvel battles. There's some people like us who just want to go see a fun story. Just want to go enjoy a good two hours at the movies. This 100% pure escapism is CGI animals and characters. And it's going to make you feel something. And like we talked about last time I was out here, like people want to feel shit. Right, right. They want to feel any kind of emotion. Like I never thought like a CGI raccoon would make me tear up. I never thought, you know, these fictional characters would have me think about my own life and the own friends that I've built and the, the the my family that I've lost and people who I care about and the things the extent that you go for people that you love. But these are thoughts that I had watching this movie. And there's something beautiful about film that allows you to have this sort of inner sort of awakening during this escapism that's beautiful. Yeah. And not everything can do that. And this these Guardians movies have done that for me at least um and a lot of the MCB movies have. Like, I cried. I told you this. I cried like five times watching Endgame after my dad passed away. I've seen the movie a bunch, but I yeah. cried like a baby as soon as Iron Man got off the ship and said, I, I lost the kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here he talking about this kid this whole time. There, there's something beautiful about these films, man. I hope people can wash away any sort of ideas they have or or weird
2: corners they want to be in and just kind of enjoy it. I think they'll, they'll love it. Yeah, I think I think uh, that's why I enjoy having you all and having these conversations, because, I mean, it's easy to dwell on negative things and uh, things like that. And it's one of the I don't know if I had maybe I never really had a mission statement for this podcast, but it's one of the things I wanted to talk about the things that I liked and um, tried to do that because it is. And maybe that's to my detriment why there's only I don't have as many Patreon subscribers (laughs) But I, I just, um, and I, I think there's what, what I, I guess what I'm trying to do as, as an artist, as a comedian is to, is to really um, share myself as much as I can, and um, maybe to my detriment, I don't know, but uh, I think I think there is a place for this, and in, in these discussions that we have when we, you know, and I've gotten spicy on this show. <laughs> and though some of those have been the ones that make more do more numbers but um I think it's important because we all bring our baggage to whatever we whatever we do, whatever we consume and to have, you know, we go back to this raccoon making us feel away it's uh it's a beautiful thing and I th- I think um cuz I was not expecting that I don't know if I got. I don't know if I cried at this one, but I I did really like it. I, it was compelling. I was like, I hope this doesn't. You know, I joked about him being a coon and everything, but <laughs> I just thought I thought this was a really that really got me like, oh shit, like the, we, I'm locked in. And it was it was very simple. We got to help Rocket. He's got this kill switch. We got to figure this shit out. So we go into this place. Oh, now we got to go here. Now we got to go here, and then we gotta. We found that we gotta save, you know, these other creatures to to make sure that they're okay because we're guardians of the galaxy. I wanted to ask, what did you think? I mean, we're trying to. We're kind of talking about this this thing on a macro level, and and I won't hold you guys too much longer. But um, what? How did you all feel about um where it left off? The ending of and this is spoilers, you know, but we're, we're, um, how did you feel about the ending, the, the end screen? Do you still have people in your crowds when you go to the movies, they still leave? Yeah.
0: At the- <laughs> I, uh, I Not I, this time. This time I this think time. everybody stayed, but one, one dude, dude got, got confused. confused. Was hilarious. He didn't realize <laughs> the first cut scene after the ended, like the mid credit stinger with, uh, Rocket and the, and the new Guardians crew. Yeah, he didn't realize that counted as a mid credit stinger, so he waited to the end credit stinger, you know, and
3: it was he, like is he, there he, another one. He
0: was with two people, and he was like, nah we got to stay." And they were like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, you got to see the scene. There's two scenes." I said, "We already saw him." He's like, "What? When?" they <laughs> like, re- remember the first one that happened during the beginning of the credits, and then the second one? What scene during the middle? No, nah, it was just the end of the movie. We got to stay off. <laughs> and they was over there and, like, and- It was that thing where the screen had gone completely black. black. So it's oh. like, bro, the movie is off. This is like, there's nothing that can come. <laughs> They've never done this before where the whole fucking screen went black and then it came back on. So, like, bro, you just got to go home. It was. But uh, now nah, everybody stayed for mine.
2: There are people that left. There was only like ten of us. I I find that I'd normally like to see these things in Dolby. I'm a nerd. I gotta see it. Like, but uh, there are too many people in the theater. There would have been somebody sitting beside me, and I always say, even before COVID, never really liked anybody sitting beside me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just went to this theater, the AMC, like in an office park,
3: mm-hmm. and just
2: went there, and there were like ten people there. And there were still folks that left. I I don't know, after, what, 15 years? People <laughs> still, I don't know.
0: I think, I will say this, though. I realized this the other day. I think we may have gotten to a point where people know there's a post-credit scene and they're like, it's cool. I'll catch the description online.
3: Yeah, I think oh, okay. they just, you know, they just catch them online. because be I
0: know, like, new like rock that. stars and YouTube yeah. and people, they always have these, like, uh breakdowns of the post-credit scenes and stuff so i can see people be like i don't want to sit through 10 minutes of credits to see the, the stingers i'll just check them out later
2: wait let's go to mcdonald's yeah, yeah. and it's yeah.
3: something that was really neat when we went and i don't know if this was on purpose or not closed caption popped up on our screen and it- so
0: i found that out too i went to the bathroom mm-hmm. and the guy at the urinal has hearing damage Oh. and so he told the people to turn the closed captioning on okay. oh. and honestly I, I liked it more
3: me too i liked it better with the closed caption one
0: thing i know the sound design people work hard and stuff and i appreciate that but one of the things in the theater and christopher nolan could use this too oh my god the closed, the closed captioning when you play and distort voices
3: mm-hmm. is
0: is hard to even tell what people are saying sometimes yes, particularly if they're whispering and uh, uh it's not the whispers to me it's the distorted voices it's like bane and and in mm-hmm. the the last uh the dark knight or whatever rises like the, the like it's, it's hard to understand and sometimes i have to wait till that movie's on blu-ray or dvd or streaming mm-hmm. to turn on the cat and i'm like oh that's what he said oh, okay um i feel like, like i'm trying to pick up shit from context clues and then with marvel movies and we're introducing all these characters a lot of times, like the spelling of the names and the way they're pronounced stuff, it can be hard to get. You can get a little confused, you know, especially when like the names is like clever double entendres and shit. And you like, who the fuck is I Isis or whatever? And you you like, is that a a ship? Is that a person? So the closed caption was dope. Mm-hmm.
2: I yeah, was
3: like, I they did this more often.
2: I watch everything in closed captions, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know when that happened, but I. I maybe it was around Tenet when I did not want to get killed going into the theater I said it's Christopher Nolan I'm going to buy this movie on Blu-ray and I I was like what the fuck <laughs> are they saying what are they he don't care no Christopher Nolan don't care I mean is he a is he a generational great I think he is but he don't give a fuck with with the dialogue he don't care about no dialogue
0: yeah, people still make fun of that Bane thing to this day. You know, like the way Bane talks. Yeah. Know? People still do impressions of Bane to this day cuz but I remember when I saw it in the theater, it took a while. Like it I feel like I missed a good 10 minutes of his type of dialogue cuz it took a while for me to even understand how and what he was saying sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had some cold bars, man. He like did. bars you want to hit every time the first time and i know chris just be in there like like chris said like i know nolan be in there like chris said just like i don't care it sound hot to me you know
2: yeah he do- he doesn't care he's a, he's definitely an all tour i'm excited for oppenheimer so i guess mm-hmm. i'm just going to have to go see it in imax and just if i miss something i'll just wait till it's streaming in a, in a few weeks i yeah. i saw cuz imax IMAX is pretty cool. Like I'm kind of like everything in the suburbs, like where I live is kind of like LIMAX. It's not the real, I guess (laughs) if I, if I go into the city or something, but I I went to see, I think I was talking about it on the Patreon. I went to see Bo is afraid and that's that Ari Aster movie. It's fucking crazy, but it's, it is very good. He, when we, when you, when we talk about like artists, these directors doing something new or being innovative, that's the guy whether you like him or not he's not the only one but that's the dude that they that's making these movies when you got your boy Scorsese who don't who don't like nothing none of this superhero (laughs) when he's like yo this dude right here this Ari Aster guy you know Mm -hmm. singing his praises but I was watching that in IMAX at like 11 30 at night on a Saturday yeah, and it was like this huge, like spectacle. So, I mean, you know, I'm an indie movie guy, but I love seeing shit like that. Like, if, if I can go see something in IMAX, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do that more often. Um, is there anything else we want to say? This was kind of like this. Just became this episode. Just became what it became, and we were talking about what we liked. You know, I I don't have any really. I, I I wanted to ask you guys what what form what happened to Groot? Did he just get older? What is he like? You know, towards the end when that last that second to last stinger, I wanted to know what you guys thought about that. Like,
0: what yeah, happened? Yeah, I think he just got older and more powerful. Um,
3: it's a diff- a different uh, evolution of him because yeah. we have seen him literally in all his phases,
0: and it yeah. also felt like they did a uh, time jump to kind of say like to give us a good buy to the characters yeah um, i'm sure marvel will possibly be using some of these characters in other shows and stuff i know they still plan to do like guardians of the galaxy holiday specials and stuff but i don't know i felt like james gunn being like here's all the characters arced out <laughs> you know what i mean okay.
2: sure yeah yeah and
0: um you know spoiler alert and everything but the fact that they didn't kill anybody right, as a right. character left like the door open, I think, for people to take breaks, and if they decide to come back or they want to ever do this again, they can. Yeah, uh, which I think is a smart thing to do uh, mm-hmm. at yeah. the studio. You know, is, I just mm-hmm. I think the point, like we were all prepared for some death. Yeah, yeah I was, I was I too. Like, yeah, when they
2: showed when they showed Chris Pratt, like no, and then spit coming out, I was like, oh yeah. shit, somebody gonna die because I because I was texting Tim, I was like, is somebody gonna die?
0: And you know, every you know. and every interview with the actors, they're all talking about not playing these roles again. I yeah, know, said
2: like, it. <laughs> like these yeah. fucking spoiled. Act- I'm trying to get five lines in a movie, and all like right.
3: I, I'm tired. Ty- I'm I'm tired, you guys. But I will
2: say I will say something. In
3: Twelve uh, years, they've been playing these roles for a long time. Yeah,
1: go ahead, Tim. Chris Pack killed that scene. Yeah. I know we give him a lot of shit for being Chris Pratt, but yeah, he, he, cause I don't know what he's crying at. I don't know if it's a dummy. I don't know if it's a person.
0: <laughs> Dog. <laughs> a guy, there's a raccoon. Him and then Chuck Woody, I think is how you say his name. Yeah. Yes. Bruh, The when he is doing, cause you know, there's nothing there, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's not a little raccoon on his lap. And when he does this acting where he like grabs Rocket's head yes. yeah, and he's talking to it in that voice and looking it in his eyes. And I'm like, I want to see the raw like footage. It's a tennis ball. <laughs> How <laughs> was he able to do that? Yeah. How was he able to harness that kind of acting out of just no, because if you sat me in a room with a tennis ball or whatever the fuck he was holding and said, all right, this is a little baby raccoon. It just exhibited some some stuff, and and then it's gonna ask you, is it going to the new world? And you gotta tell it that it's it's fucking not gonna happen. Bruh, he he was it's like he killed that shit. James Gunn got performances out of every fucking body. Even Zoe Zaldana, man. This is her best role in in this much makeup since Nina. Uh
3: <laughs> <laughs> But no,
1: Rod is right. This, this is the best I've seen her in a long time. Yeah. She's really, and it's a different version of Gamora. Right. Yeah. Really right. good. Yeah.
3: Yes. And I think for me, something that I really appreciate about uh, Rocket Raccoon is that for Bradley Cooper, I was telling Roderick, even though it was, people underestimate voice acting. I was like, "That nigger acted his voice." A nigger off. with a hard R. <laughs> right. What? Why? Wow,
2: Karen.
0: Why? Oh, are you talking about the baseball museum? <laughs> is this is this
1: podcast for PragerU? What are do we doing?
2: Good grief! I
1: was like, I was like, we try to be positive on this
0: podcast,
3: and we're just, I, just I, fun. I'm talking about good things. I, that nigger. <laughs> <laughs> this this, this nigger with an A. My bad. <laughs> Let me get it correct. Uh, was acting his ass off because Lord. when Rocket Raccoon like scratched that dude's face up, oh, and and the, and the thing is when he looked at him and he jumped on him, I was like, "Oh, you deserve that!" Like that, that oh, was yeah. one of the, one of the few times where I was like, "Oh, fuck him up," <laughs> you know? Yeah. What I'm oh saying? yeah. And so uh-huh. you could feel the emotions of Rocket come through the screen, even though Rocket ain't real. <laughs> You know? Nothing's real other than that voice.
0: And it's interesting too because they actually made this they made this a insular film that is yeah. set in the galaxy. Like, like it's right. it's one of the biggest films as far as budget and scope but it's one of the most insular it's almost like a family film. It's, it's I mean, in a way, like I said, no shade, but it, they really accomplished what I think The Last Ant-Man set out to do. I feel like this film did a lot of that stuff just better. Um and yeah. made like they gave you the the vibe of the the misfit family film. Um the stakes, the villain and, and yet it, you know it was still huge. It was still galactic. It was still you know a planet got destroyed in this yeah, film. Yeah. like a it was couple, amazing. Yeah.
1: yeah, a
3: couple. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. It, it makes me want to play that PS5 that game. The game is yeah. fun, man. It's fun. I gotta, fun. Um, yeah. I got to play it. Okay. Cause yeah, it was, um, I think like to your point and I, and I said it a little earlier, it was just like, it was very, when you look at it, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. You know, let's help our friend. And, um, yeah, they, they, I think they really did a good job before we close. What do you, I want to know your thoughts on, um, w- first I want to know your thoughts on like, what is that last, the very last, uh, post-credit scene mean to you and then just talk about we we touched on it a little bit talk a little bit about um what you see for for flash your thoughts on what we know about the new flash movie where's where is that headed for dc since james gunn is involved in that too even though it's not his but you know where you see things going Anybody get on the post, the last post-credit scene? Eden's okay, okay, okay. I, I didn't know if
3: you go going to pick somebody. Go yeah. ahead. Okay, You're go gonna... ahead, Karen. Go ahead. I think uh for me, the last scene, I think it just wrapped up everything for Star-Lord. Like, like, you know, like the really, really last one, it wrapped everything up because his thing was family. And he found one. Right. And then he went back and found his real family, like the family on Earth, like the place where he's from. Because the thing is, particularly with the Christmas special, I gotta watch. They, did, they did a good job of illustrating nobody else in this group is from Earth. So nobody understands the customs. Nobody understands the holidays. Nobody understands the singing Santa Claus. Nothing like they just don't understand anything. And so with him being from earth and a human he got these traditions that nobody else has even though their family is still a little different than the people that actually understand like you and where you come from and so I appreciate him going home and I appreciate him actually talking to his his grandfather and things like that and and I could see him probably asking questions filling them in about his dad you know, pieces that he might not know and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they bring him back, because this is not the end, quote unquote, the end of that particular character, because at the end they basically said he will be back. I don't know about the other characters, but basically that was like this particular character will be back. I don't know what way, shapes, forms, or fashion, but he'll be back. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where, you know, uh, when we see him again, it's going to be interesting to see, and I think this, ga- this Guardian of the Galaxy closed the loop. So we shouldn't see no more sadness about Gamora. Like, 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 like it it, it closed a lot of things off to show the growth and the evolution and how much of these characters change because he is the reason why Thanos fucked everything up in the first place. He let <laughs> his emotions get and I, at that point I was like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> they was they was almost there, and he just acted a fucking fool over his emotions for that woman. And so I think now he's at a better place emotionally, <laughs> you know, and he completely understands that this is a different version, and I will never get the version that I have back. And so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that particular character. And with The Flash, I am... But like this: DC knows how to cut a hell of a trailer. Like, like that's that's one thing I can say about him. They always cut a good fucking trailer. Now the movie might be something different, but as far as like the 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 intrigue, they they're going to intrigue you. And so from so far from what I've seen, I was like, okay, I am going to go see this movie. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I actually really like that they're doing something where it's going to be a reboot, honestly. Mm-hmm. And if they're smart. Their reboot going to be like, hey, none of that shit matter. Let's start from here. Like, if they're smart, you know, or if you tie some. And the reason why I say I I personally think that's going to do because all them actors ain't coming back. So obviously there's going to be some form of a reboot with with different people maybe playing some of the same characters or rewriting and all types of stuff. So you're already preparing the audience for some form of a reboot. So if they do this right, I think it could be a great jumping off point to whatever vision James Gunn has, where he literally can start with a clean slate of characters and just do whatever it is that he wants to do. And I am looking forward to it because I want to give my money to everybody.
2: Cool. You guys, anything, anything else on the, on the, that post?
0: Uh... I will say this about the post-credit stuff. Like, I am wondering what the future of Marvel looks like. Not that they won't have a future or something like that. I'm wondering because they're teasing so many movies in these post-credits, and the actors are saying one thing in the, you know, in the in the press. The you know directors are starting to change over and, and, and leave. Um, they're not announcing the films, like there's no release dates really, they're just announcing like you know like star war star lord will return and this is and i'm like oh that's interesting because y'all haven't really said anything there's not been any news about casting or directing or anything so right, Uh it, it could just be that they know these things are working on these things they haven't told us yet but right, i want to say at the end i want to say there's like about five or six films right now that don't have release dates but have announced have post credit credit sequel like uh announcement so um and then with this writer strike you know some of this shit getting pushed back i already seen they stopped filming blade so yeah. um you know i'm start. i'm wondering like is there gonna be like you know because they've already gone through covid with with everything that tell i do wonder if there's gonna be like um uh, uh, uh you know not like a uh, are they at some point are they just going to have to be pushing out a film a month or some shit? Like, how are they going to make up this time? Or is it going to just slow shit down, push things back? I, I do wonder about that kind of stuff. Um, and the both of the post-credit scenes to me felt like James Gunn made something where you could literally never see these characters again and you'd be fine. Right. Or you could see them in the next, in Secret Wars and you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think uh, the other thing Marvel's doing is that you could Use some of these guys in like uh, some of these characters in like a, uh, a cameo type capacity,
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: You know, like okay, sure, Chris Pratt, or I don't know, like so, so, so is Aldana might not want the Marvel ch- Brinks truck. But like the person that plays Mantis might be like, hey, I could appre- I appreciate that money. Like, I come through. I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know what I'm
3: saying? Pull up on me. Yeah, and yeah. it's one of those things where because she's such an interesting character and in the way she's been like I could see a Disney Plus series just with her, her travels or her adventures.
0: Yeah, just because I'm just saying, just because Drax, Dave Bautista thinks Drax is beneath him, doesn't mean all these other characters don't want to step up and, right. uh, and get that money. So I think there's some opportunity for growth there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't and, oh, and it's flash. That was the other one. Um, the flash trailer is great. I don't expect this movie to be that good because I true, I, as even though I did call it literally years ago, mm-hmm. literally years ago, like when this movie was on the cutting room floor and kept getting pushed back and moved around, I said, yo, you know what the Flash movie needs to be? Flashpoint, and they just need to reset the whole fucking timeline. Like, this shit is a mess. Don't nobody want the Zack Snyder dark verse shit? Is mm-hmm. we nobody tuned in to see sad fucking Superman dog? Like, <laughs> it, it's just like I like you tried. You got your dark version of all the heroes and shit, and. That's the reason that that, those comics are not the number one comics. Like, they're big comics. Like, Dark Knight rises and all this. That dark shit is big, but it ain't bigger than the light shit. It's never going to be bigger than just fucking action comic Superman who's a hero to everybody getting cats out of trees, smiling, and overcoming with optimism and heart. You can't like don't nobody want to see a Superman that hates humanity, <laughs> like yeah, you know, right. so, just shit like that. That I'm glad that if they pull this off right, I'm glad that it can be a goodbye to the Snyderverse. But it's no way you can do this movie without the taint of the Snyderverse on it. So I think this movie is kind of I don't want to say doomed, but it's it's limited. It's limited by the fact that I think they want to touch over all this old DC content. Yeah, what I'm looking forward to is Blue Beetle.
2: Yes. That looks now fun. Yeah, so speak on that a little bit. Like that's his- gonna be that looks fun.
0: So that trailer actually looks uh fun and like a right. reset and a relaunch, and it kind of gives you the Marvel feel. It gives you the Miles Morales type feel. The like like here's a young dude, he got a funny family. He actually has a family, it's not a sad sullen. <laughs> Shit, like he always but his mama got killed, and that's why he got the powers. Like, it's it's like, yeah, nah, George Lopez gonna be in there running away from the joke and shit. Um, and <laughs> and like this the CGI and all that stuff looked great in the trailer. There was some action, but you can tell they're holding stuff back, and it seems like that's the film James Gunn is gonna really relaunch all this with. Yeah, so yeah, that that trailer, I like the first time I saw it, I, I didn't even know how to feel. I was like, Am I do I am like I getting this? Excited am I, am I getting excited about a DC film? And I, and I love that they're starting without one of the without the main three, yes. like which is another smart move because we've seen Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman yeah. at this no, point you know, a lot.
3: Girls on the ground. I'm sorry. So like starting
0: this way, and and especially since you know they already made the Shazam sequel, so you can't even capitalize off of the fun energy of the first one. Yeah. So yeah, I'm more really excited man. about that. The first one or the, set, the sequel? The sequel joint. It
3: was, it was all right. Like, it was it okay. wasn't
0: hitting like the first one. Yeah. It,
3: it didn't, didn't have the same spark. Like that first one was centered around the child, and the second one was almost centered more around the adult version. Yeah. And we threw the child in there, but most people came to see the child character, and you kind of, the heart wasn't there. Like,
0: I also, like, for some reason, Zach Levi played. Shazam like he was 8 but the kid in the film is like 17 so it wouldn't be this pronounced uh, adolescence yeah like he was so dumb when he was Shazam I was like I know you are trying to make it funny but like like is something wrong is the kid special needs like what what happened to him (laughs) this doesn't make any fucking sense dude (laughs) oh shit so yeah, yeah that's it's funny, bl-
2: dude. When you said "sad Superman," it made me, or the Superman that doesn't like humanity, it made me think of Daniel Plainview from There Will Be mm-hmm. Blood. I'm yeah, <laughs> I hate Batman.
0: yeah, that's funny. Like man. it's just you know, and I'm and I'm not a hater of Zach Snyder in that well, way. I, mean, uh, I know it's yeah, but it ran its course, and there really wasn't much to do after that. And his answer to everything was always like darker.
3: Yeah, grayscale darker.
0: darker. darker. Yeah. Like, it's like because uh, I kept waiting. I kept waiting for the characters to arc out and 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 reach that hero status we all love. I was like, oh, Superman has to go through some shit to become oh, Superman, right? Yeah. But yeah. it never, <laughs> he never, never truly got there. got there to like you know. Well, you just want to almost hear that you know that that Richard Donner theme playing as he's flying around. You want that. And you never get it, dude. It's always depressing, and like, you know, when 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 his dad's advice on Earth is like, "Don't you don't gotta save these niggas." It's like,
3: yeah. it's like <laughs> what?
0: Who who that? You know, that's not canon. What are you doing, yeah. Zach?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, is is Blue Beetle the first uh James Gunn project? Like the no. first.
0: No. I don't think so. Um, no. I think his first one's gonna actually be the Superman. I think they're trying to do find like a Superman right yeah. now.
2: Okay. I don't Superman. even
0: know if they have found him. Um, but I but at the same time though, I don't know that this blue beetle, I don't know that he had nothing to do with it because I don't I I feel like he's in control and in charge of that universe and so he seems to have been pretty open about the shit he's not fucking with right so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Beetle is integral to the next slate of movies just okay. because of the way he's been talking because other shit he's been just saying no like wow. the rocks will not be in my movies no right Shazam, that's not happening but he hasn't said that about Blue Beetle and I mean unless he's waiting Man. for the movie to come out to, to say it won't be part of the universe but I've I, I don't know. It felt funny and light, like it could be part of a James Gunn the universe. And
3: one thing that I give James Gunn credit for, he has the balls to be like, "No, we're not doing that bullshit," and this is not going to be the fucking rock universe. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate him because guess what, yeah, rock? I, nobody I just, wanted that.
0: I just looked it up. Blue Beetle will remain a part of James Gunn's future DCU. So yeah, okay. I, yeah, I think it, I don't think that? I don't know how much he had to do with it though. I just know I just. The vibe felt like, okay, you could actually work with this. Is that just, like,
2: the rock ego tripping now? I know the yeah. homies on the Firestarter uh, pod was, like, talking about it. Like, his, his veneer is kind of cracking a little bit to where it's, like, it's, like, almost like this ego maniacal thing where it's, like, dude, you're super famous. People enjoy you, but, like, you don't have to take over everything. You don't have to be... Yeah,
3: he- he, he don't want to collaborate because, you know, huh. if he was the type of person who was like, OK, I'm here and I want to, quote unquote, grow with the universe. I think James Gunn would have kept him. But for the fact that with the Shazam, the way it ended, he was supposed to be the villain. But he was like, I want Superman. You're like, well, nigga, that's what, what are we talking about here? Like, yeah. you know nothing about comic books like the fuck is this? Yeah, because I haven't seen
2: Black Adam. I watched maybe 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I watched
0: it. Is, it, uh, is it.
2: Not,
0: not really. Oh. It's. It's good in the most simple, basic way. Like it fights uh, some some kind of very generic one-liner, impossible white man lines. You know, yeah. like, it's like, yeah. It's just not. It's yeah, it's, and yeah. it's not. It's not high cinema. No, no, it's, no they it's don't take time, time
1: to explain anything. Yeah, don't explain to just Don't explain anyone's power set, how they work. It's just like here you go.
0: Right. Yeah, you really don't even understand when and where in this universe this is happening, and how it lines up with anything else that's happened.
3: Correct. And also the way that the Rock has a lot of his contracts written is like, oh, I can never be beat, shit like that. But you're like, well, dog, like if you're gonna be a yeah. supervillain, you have you have to have an arc. Everything can't be you win all but, the time.
0: Dog, Black Adam doesn't have a weakness, and the way they go into the third arc to make him, you know, the third, uh, the way third act to make him, like, you know, they you always got to go down in the third act and, and come out triumphant. Mm-hmm. Bruh, he just turns himself in. Like, he's never beaten up in this movie.
1: Never. Mm.
0: That's crazy. You're a villain. You're a villain? You're not, you're, like, anti-hero at best. But even in, like, a hero movie, you'll take a L.
2: Right, right.
0: If Superman gonna get hit with the kryptonite or something, like, it's, Everybody takes an L in these movies. This the first nigga to be like, "I guess I'll turn myself in." I'm like, "Oh, so he this is his way of getting through the movie without any real stakes." And that felt like an ego play. Like yeah. I can't be on camera getting beat up and shit. So y'all gonna just have to write something else
3: yeah, and the way the, a lot of the <laughs> right the way the, a lot of the news broke you was like oh you was doing shit like behind the scenes behind people back they was like no dog you causing too much chaos you gotta go
0: i can't blame him though i sensed the weakness in dc and we all did yeah. so he just yeah. I, i'm the rock and i'm gonna come in and take y'all shit over what y'all gonna do y'all ain't got no plan i got a plan no the plan f- the plan is me i'm the plan, <laughs> I'm, the the plan I'm the plan Every, yeah. I'm gonna be in Superman movies, I'm gonna be in all the and, and it, they
3: let him do it.
0: Yeah, James Gunn yeah. had to be the one to be like, Man, we're not doing that. shit. What y'all oh. doing? Oh
3: my, don't God. y'all want to make money?
2: <laughs> well, Tim, you got any more thoughts on this? No,
1: the- nah, not no other thoughts. You guys covered everything, man. I thought it was just a lot of fun, and um, I do think The Flash is gonna be good. Yeah, Cruise like, mm, so. doesn't say anything. He was like, hey, That's a good movie. <laughs> I, now, like, oh, Tim, shit, huh? I know
2: Tim. You and I talked uh, like we talked and said, "You think Ezra's gone after this? Is yeah, gone? you so
3: yeah, yeah. There's there's no.
0: So room. do you think there's a world where it's good and then DC somehow brings them back?
1: Yeah, that could happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I'm worried <laughs> about Charlotte it.
3: the major's career is over. <laughs> yeah, but you know what they could do <laughs> if this flashpoint. You could literally have a fucking brand new flash. Bring Wally. Yeah. Like, like it is so yeah. much shit you can do if this is gonna be a reboot.
0: I was watching uh the Titans show on HBO mm-hmm. and they had like a, a thing where like one of them went to like uh some type of alternate zone or something, mm-hmm. and a portal opened up, and it was Grant Gustin's flash in in the TV show.
2: <gasps> wow. And, <yeah. laughs>
0: and then oh, um they bring him and then star girl came on there from cw as well so the it's like the tv multiverses is a thing it, like maybe they could flip one of them motherfuckers over there and be like hey bro why don't you go ahead and be the flash from here on you out know what? I, as, you're, as you're tripping i wish yeah.
3: they would as somebody who actually loves the flash and is you know watching the last season i i I am one of the people where I stuck it out all the all the arrow listening to my I watch all that shit. Okay. Uh it's corny, it you know, is is yeah. it's campy, don't care. But for me, I would love for him to actually get that role. Like me yeah. personally, I don't know if they would
0: do that or not. I don't know if they'll do it or not. I just found it interesting that the TV show is not referencing the movie or Ezra. That's that's a tell.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. <laughs> like, like whatever was decided, it, it wasn't decided for your ass to be involved And uh bro, that's not good. Okay. So we
2: so we basically think the future for DC is looking bright. And um and this and the Guardians 3 put us right back on the tracks with, with Marvel. So will we I be think ready?
3: so? I was never off the tracks. Yeah, and,
2: and I was I think never, the... but just like collectively, it seemed like people were like well, Ant Man was was kind of shaky to most. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was okay. Oh yeah,
0: I agree. I think, but I don't know that it put us back on the track. I think a lot of these people, their default is gonna be it's kind of shaky it's from to hate, okay yeah it's we normal- not even hate not even hate it's just this is comic books now we're 20 yeah. something films in
3: comic books
0: this is just what it is like whatever people felt the first avengers movie they chasing that high that's never coming back nope. right so you've seen too much shit you're used to it you know it you're not gonna be surprised as much anymore Mm-mm. so uh, i do think this is a quality entry yeah. Um. It's a little bit of recency bias, but let's sure. see where people rank it overall. Because I think, in general, people are gonna feel the way they felt, uh, when they like when at the. This is like the peak of what Marvel can do. Mm-hmm. So I think people are gonna feel really good about this. But I, I think you know the Marvels is gonna come out, and then we're gonna go back to people complaining and the dude yeah. bros making videos yeah. on YouTube Damn. and shit. So. Is it? I don't, I don't know. if to clear.
2: Is it Secret Wars then the Marvels?
0: Yeah, I believe Secret so.
2: Like, is that next month on Disney Plus?
0: I don't know which month. It is, Secret Wars. I want to say it. July, but I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, I'm excited. I I know nothing, and I remember the preview came on. And I was like, "Oh, let's go!" I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on, but I'm here for it.
2: Secret Invasion is that it? Secret of inv- June 21st, according okay, to so the twenty first. Okay, so it's next
0: month. month. Okay. Okay. Yeah, looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. me too. I, I, you know, and I saw that that Marvel's trailer, and I'm like, okay, all right, you know, I'm.
3: I'm, I'm
0: And I think DC DC has one more hurdle to get over, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, you could make an argument that it's two, but the first one is definitely this Aquaman movie gonna come out at some point. Yeah, I I forgot about it until you just mentioned. Yeah, I think that's what everyone's done is forgot about it, and we just like, oh, man, The Flash gonna wrap this shit up, Blue Beetle, and at some point they are gonna drop that turd of Aquaman 2, and everybody's gonna be like, man, that's why I don't fuck with DC. Is this part of the shit, James Gunn? Is this gonna be in it? Like,
3: I think and they James got Gunn to... Go back, that was already done.
0: Yeah, they about to have to go through that shit one more time, and then the other thing is, I don't know what they gonna do with all this Elseworlds Joker shit, because it's definitely not James Gunn is definitely not Zack Snyder and yet it's persisting. You know? <laughs> like, they're yeah. adding characters. You got Lady Gaga playing Harley Quinn now. That That's not a... That doesn't seem like a tamping down of like, alright, we need to start ramping this down and get ready to go yeah. to a smooth, streamlined universe. It seemed like as long as the movies make money, they're gonna keep, keep trying to do Elseworlds shit. And that I think that Elseworlds shit was cute before James Gunn took over agreed so you could that was like a smart way to disavow your bad shit and try to make new good shit but i think that's gonna fuck up the program at some point because i don't know that people have a uh uh, i don't know that people want to continue to invest in this elseworld shit they want the stuff that they watch to count
3: yes oh that's a good
0: point
2: so that's that's october of 2024 yeah
3: yeah Yeah, and unless somebody comes out and be like, "That's uh some separate shit from what I'm doing," like I think even if they do, I yeah, I mean the same way you fun. listen to Hot
0: Firestarter and they don't know which fucking Marvel movies is Marvel movies. Yes, it's gonna um, be like that because yeah. it's it's more closely co- tied than uh Marvel with they shit. Like Sony will come out with Morbius and people will be like, "Is that Marvel? What is this?" <laughs> yeah. And
3: somebody like me going, "Fuck no, and fuck them." Right? I haven't <laughs> but,
0: seen that. I still haven't. I seen think. That. I think the DC thing is even worse because okay. it's the same company right. and you got them being like, yeah, the Joker. And it's like, well, that Joker's never going to be in James Gunn movies.
3: Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay guys. Well, I, any, does anybody have anything else? I think we've accomplished a lot here. Uh, this was, I think this was a great podcast. I think this is what you, what we call top tier podcasting. Um, so does anybody have anything else to say? I No. Nope. Nope. All, right. All right. Well, uh, why don't we plug some things? Tim, you got Ma- Made in the 80s podcast? Yeah,
1: we're not back yet. They're still raising a little the little one. So oh. um, everyone's good. Just I want to yeah. say thank you to both of y'all, Rod, Karen, and Chris, for what you guys do every week. You guys help me get through my week with your podcast. And I cannot say thank you enough because, uh, you
0: know, it can be
2: a grind. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, man. Thank thank you for your contributions to this show. Um, You make it you make it worth doing, you know. So, uh, Rod and Karen, what do do you what do you guys have? I know you have a great podcast. Speak on it a bit. Everybody that listens to this should know, but do it anyway.
0: Uh, Check us out. The Black Guy Who Tips is our podcast where everywhere you get podcasts. uh uh, come on over and hang out and listen to us and uh we'll we'll have a good time um watch game theory with bomani jones on hbo max if uh, you get a chance to do that um and that's it yeah just do we know about
2: do we know about season three
0: yet no uh and with this rider strike who knows oh yeah i think no that's true to be like the blip in marvel i feel like half the shows ain't coming back bro
3: right because they was like no writers
0: these motherfuckers out for blood right now
3: it seems like
2: they should get this shit together and this is i guess a good point to talk about i mean i'm an actor i look at these fucking scripts and that's what makes this stuff work i don't i don't understand if you're making more money there should be adjustments to make sure that everybody's compensated to where they don't have to get, uh, worry about certain things. You think you work, so, yeah, you work so hard to get in, get into these, um, spaces with what, what people. What, what is it? That's the term what people say. We work so hard to get in these new spaces as, as mm-hmm. not just as uh, being a, a, a black person, but just being a person right. who is finally just, Gets into these these spaces to try to do their job, and then you finally get there, and it's like, well, where's the money?
0: Yeah, the and CEOs you, ain't taking no pay cuts, right?
2: They're not taking any pay cuts. <laughs> when this streaming stuff happened, they didn't expect it to be what it became, and adjustments right. have to be made. That that's what wh- I started getting residuals for stuff that I've done on Netflix, and uh, as a along with the stuff that I've done on n- network TV. Like that's just what's supposed to happen. Um, Bye. and I've been able like a, as an actor, because of the writing that people like Rod and and my colleagues that have been on the show, that is what makes this stuff work. It was a brother, uh, I believe it was Adam O'Keefe. He mm-hmm. was talking on Levitard and he had a there was a piece in The New Yorker about him. He was one of the people that was featured. Guy living in Brooklyn uh, worked on The Bear, the show about the, the people working in the restaurant industry. And it's a show about the people who make this stuff, who make the food that these people eat. And it's like, you can't get compensated for making this beautiful art. Everybody raved about that episode, episode seven or eight, the second to the last episode where they did it in one take. And it was because they only had a certain amount of time to make that fucking episode and they had to be creative and make this shit work to give you something that was amazing. These people should be compensated for it when you're making this art. Like that's the thing. Like you, you, you shouldn't in a, in an ideal world, if you were just a writer, you should just be able to write and, and have insurance and have all these things taken care of. You should, if you're an actor, you shouldn't have to have a day job. You should be acting but it's it's and not worrying about other shit so you could just concentrate on your craft but because of this capitalistic society as things progress these updates have to be made and it should be made all around so that everybody can be compensated so that we can feel feel comfortable to make art that makes people that gets people through their day that gets people enjoyment and it's a it's a really I, this is my first time speaking on you guys if you want to share more you can but it's just it's it's really frustrating it's really you know we had this 15 years ago and i mm-hmm. hope it's quick i i'm I, i'm feeling like they'll they, they'll they should get this shit resolved but the way people are I talking, hope
3: so. yeah i hope so too but the way that the way that the companies are moving i don't think so because every time you turn around They're taking this off streaming. They're taking that off streaming. This show is canceled. That show is canceled. So they're trying to make it as hard as they can for uh, writers. Because the thing is, it's all a collective. Y'all have all these unions, and all these unions are actually connected. Because you know what? Without the writers, the actors can't act. Without the writers, what's the point of these other people that are around on the set and the production people? A lot of them work through and with the writers. Like, mm-hmm. all these things are connected. And so it's one of these things where if the writers don't get paid, nothing else is going to matter. And 15 years ago, we, we talked about this. Remember I talked about the 15 years ago? This, this was the start of a uh, reality show TV. Now they know that shit makes a lot of money. So they're going to start leaning on that. But what's going to happen is that the wild people... There are going to be some people that watch it no matter what. Don't get me wrong. And I like trash TV. Nothing wrong with that. Realty. But eventually people are going to be like, bitch, I want to watch some regular ass shit with some writing and some acting. I want to cry, laugh, whatever it is. Like this right here, it, it's going to be a short period of time. And then the viewers are going to demand that something happens because they're going to be like, now I've I ran through everything on Netflix. When the new shit going to come out? Because what's happening is now everything's shutting down. Yeah. you know, Abbott Animation season three, they stopped in the middle of production. So you have a lot of shows that are just stopping, and eventually the consumers will will turn. And the thing is, there are a lot of people, I'll just not tell me fun. they're just stupid. I don't understand how the industry runs. And they just think shit just happens. And they right. just think people just show up and the actors just 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 come and improv everything. No, sh- this shit has to be written out, has to be wrote. You know wh- why they want money? You go to your job every day. Are you gonna show up for free? No. Well, then why do you expect them to show up for free? It, it right. don't work like that.
2: And you I, know. It, so
3: it's gonna be interesting. Go you're
2: ahead. absolutely right, Karen. And and what what I've learned from being a a day player on a lot of these shows, and I I had an idea of it, but once you're ex, once you experience it, it's an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the it's not just the act because the actors are really just a small part. You have the crew. You have crafty. You have hair and makeup. All these people that are trying to make money to support their family, and audio video. It's 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 so many people that make this thing that make that the thing the things that we love work. Think of the countless people that that on the credits that uh, when we finished watching Guardians of the Galaxy, all those people that make that thing work. If you're doing a half hour sitcom, there's hundreds of people that that exist to make that thing work. So, I hope they get it resolved and and Rod and I can have uh pizza at uh where where's where was that at um Emmett's again.
0: Yeah. I I want to go to the 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 what was that? The Mason the Pickle the, Mason Pickles. Pickles. That was the Oh, oh my god.
3: Project took me there and oh my god. Yeah. yeah. That place was absolutely delicious. But uh place. but uh before, before we move on, I was going to say something else people realize. People underestimated, And I know we are now a generation removed where there are people that was not born when the first strike happened. So they don't understand. Or they were children. Heroes got interrupted. Lost got interrupted. We lost yep. girlfriends. We a lot of shit. When it came back, people was like, the fuck is this? Because they tried to move on without the writers.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: These writers.
2: Yeah. And on that note, everybody, this is this has been a delight as always. It's always a pleasure to uh, to talk to you all and uh, and to pod and to have fellowship. Um, and uh, I just want to thank you all for doing it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I'll talk to you next time. Take it easy, everybody.